This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. And a warning for you that this episode of The Midpoint does contain a discussion about eating disorders, so please take care. Hello and welcome to The Midpoint. Today I'm chatting with a content creator who caught my attention on Instagram and has had me laughing ever since. Her name is Louise Boyce, but you might know her as her handle, Mama Still Got It. Now, despite some significant setbacks, which we'll discuss later, Louise established herself in the fiercely competitive world of modelling. Then COVID struck. She was experiencing somewhat of an identity crisis, so set up her Instagram account, which she describes as a reminder to all mothers and women that regardless of age, profession or life choices, we still love to look and feel good. In the war against the sometimes mundane realities of motherhood, humour is Louise's weapon of choice. And as a mum of three, she has plenty of material to draw from. Her brilliant videos regularly delight her half million followers, so much so that her debut book is due to be published later this year. And with Louise's background in modelling, I thought it might be good to talk style with our expert today, the founder of Green Edit, Charlotte Handley-Green. Charlotte is a stylist I've worked with for many years and is a very good friend, so I know she's going to have some great tips for all of us in midlife. Before that, though, let's find out if Mama still got it. Louise Boyce, welcome to The Midpoint. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to, to see you and to have you here because I've been a, a long-time fan of Mama Still Got It. Oh, and I was delighted that you were old enough to come on The Midpoint. I am. <laughs> I am. Yes, yes it's an honour. Well, actually, that's something that you talk about uh, a lot anyway, and we'll get into that about your modelling career and mm. still having a, a modelling yeah. career into your 40s, which probably seemed in your 20s like something that would never be possible. Never, ever. No, but um turns out that, you know, women in their 40s and onwards need to be represented yeah. you know we need to see people that are slightly you know mature you know we can't buy clothes and make up products off you know 20 year olds all the time, all the time. as lovely as they are as lovely as they are but um, you know they can't sell me an anti-wrinkle cream they don't have any <laughs> but I alluded in the introduction today to the tricky time you had establishing a modeling career in the very beginning you kind of had two two goes at it in a way didn't you, you came back and mm. kind of reinvented yourself and it was a classic case, as, as so many young people find, the pressures of that industry led mm. to eating disorders. Yes. Um, so I started in 1995, uh, which, you know, it was there was an actual trend called heroin chic. Mm. I was told, to, but not just me, lots of other girls were told you had to be a certain size. And if and you were measured, you know, you, you go into the agency and a measuring tape was like lassoed around your, your, well, your entire body. And if it wasn't the right number... On the measuring tape, you were literally told, get out, go, lose weight. I think I was told I had to lose two inches off my hips in two weeks. <gasps> and how With, big were your hips at this I was point? a size 10. Right. I was tiny and I was 15 eight. and they wanted me to be a size eight. I was living home with my mom. You know, she was constantly giving me food because that's what parents do. And I really felt the pressure. And obviously this is a time before social media, before anyone had a voice. Mm. So I just suffered silently and just kind of really thought this is my fault. I need to lose this weight so I can then be, I guess, good enough mm. for the, for my agency and all the, and they kept saying, you know, it's not just us saying it, it's the clients and the photographers and the stylists. They're all saying the same thing. So then you're like thinking, hang on a minute, you're all talking about my hips and I'm 15 and then you're telling me about it. So 15 years old. I was 15. I was still a child. And you know, really wanted to prove myself um, that I could do it. So, and, and I wasn't educated enough to know how to lose weight because you're not taught that at school and I didn't need to lose weight. Mm. So it wasn't something that I ever was, it was never on my, I never thought about it. I remember being in a casting and there was a girl, you know, it's full of, full of young girls and we're all there to try and get this job. And I, I saw this one girl and she ate a whole 
packet of digestive biscuits all in one go. And I kept thinking, how does she do that and stay so thin? That's not fair. And then she went to the loo and she was gone a while and then she came back and like was like dabbing her mouth and it was very apparent that she had just thrown up. I thought it was genius. And I know that sounds awful, but, but I was child, so young so you and I was have, yeah. so desperate to obviously eat. Mm. And obviously under my mum's watchful eye, I had to eat. But then I wanted to not gain weight. So I tried it out and obviously it's not it's not a pleasant thing to do. And this just continued and continued um, until it became the norm. And it got so easy just to do it. And... I did lose some weight, but at the same time, I lost everything else. Mm. I lost my confidence. I lost my my skin complexion. My teeth got really yellow. And the people in the agency must have seen the physical changes. In you. I genuinely, I don't think they did. I, I don't think they did. They look after so many girls. I'm just another girl. I'm just mm. another blonde. Number. You know, I can be replaced very easily. Yeah, so I just continued to do this and no one knew and it was it was a really it was a really dark time like looking back it was a really really dark time like even talking about it now like the the feelings that I have in my body it's like oh god that was horrible um and then I went to Australia to do some modeling there and I was kind of I think my body was a bit more accepted there because it was I mean my body was tiny but I still had some curves I still mm. had you know boobs and I had they weren't a... quite as into heroin chic in Australia no luckily they were more into like kind of like healthy fit bodies. like beach vibe <laughs> yeah. and surfer vibe so I did a lot of um swimwear shots out there and I look back at the pictures now and I think my god my body was was in- incredible um but I was still so hard on myself and so continued to to you know throw up after meals but but at this point I wasn't living at home Mm. I was away from home and I could do it more uh without anyone questioning anything and then it wasn't until I came home I think I was gone for about six months I came home and obviously again it's before Skype it's before FaceTime it's before Mm. you actually social media so no one's like my family didn't see me so there was a big shock when they saw yeah so when they picked me up from the airport Oh my God. Like it was just, it was, it was really emotional. Like my, my sister and my mom were very concerned and upset and kind of like, and they didn't even have to say anything. They, they just started crying and I was like, Oh God, everyone's really emotional that I'm home. This is great. And they're like, no, 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 you look ill. Like you're ill. Like what are you doing? And my sister and I are really close. Like I literally like choking up talking about it, but we're, we're really close. And she was just like, whatever you're doing, you need to stop because this isn't working for you and you look awful. And it got to a point where work wasn't coming in because I didn't look great at all. And um, I had no confidence. I had I had nothing. I was literally stripped of everything. I, I just, I don't even recognize who that person was. I... Mm. It's crazy. So yeah, I, so she was like, enough is enough. And I, you know, because I wasn't working, I wasn't making the money. I was like, who am I losing weight for? Mm. Uh, who am I doing it for? So then I did um, just stop. Stop the, stop the work? I stopped. I called my agency and I said, I'm done. And by this point now I was 18 and I got a job in an office, just like working as a receptionist. And that's when I started to kind of enjoy normal life. Like I met friends that weren't concerned about my weight. Mm. We would go to the pub at lunchtime and I kind of learned again how to socialise and how to eat without throwing it up. Mm. Um, Just on the on your body, how quickly did you manage to get a healthy relationship with, with food and your body? Because a lot of people listening to this might have been through situations like that or have children they're currently worried about. Mm. And I guess your sister was the the launch pad, the kind yeah. of, you know, the pivoting point. Yeah. It's hard to say, really, but I do remember seeing a difference uh, in myself, as in, yes, I started to put the weight back on, which at first you're a bit like, oh, God. But at the same time, I saw my skin getting better and I saw myself smiling and actually enjoying life. Mm. And again, without realising it, I realised that I wasn't counting calories Mm. And something you said before as well about why am I doing this because I'm not yeah. doing the work. Actually, it, it's, there was a part of your mind that was quite rational about it. Yeah. It was almost like, well, that was for that job. Yeah. 
and I'm not doing that job. Yeah, now, and so. and the the people that looked after me at my agency, I I didn't particularly like. I didn't think that they they were very nice, and I realised that I was losing weight for them, and then yeah, I was just like, I no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not I'm not doing this anymore. And I do think because my I kind of, I kind of felt, I felt ashamed as well. Like I felt like I'd let my family down. I felt like I'd let myself down. Um, so I definitely needed to make a change. I had I had to do, and I was 18. Mm. Like, and I was very aware that I was young and I had the rest of my life. And I was like, I, I need to make a change. But that at that age, you know, being told you're beautiful, being told this can be a career, you can make a career out of your looks and make mm. a career of how, you know, how the world perceives you. You know, mm. that's mentally, you've got to have some kind of fortitude to 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 kind of go into that career and mm. believe there is something else about you that is is valuable and worthwhile. So yeah. that is also kind of mixed up, isn't it, with what you're you're talking about? Yeah. Without that grounding in your family mm. you can see how people get completely lost and yeah and go down other destructive behaviors yeah I mean I must admit my family we're all so close and they've been solid and I, I do think having that support behind me is gold and if there's anyone listening that has maybe got a, a teenage daughter or son who's going through some eating disorders I think the best advice I can probably give those parents is to just kind of have some empathy and really be there and like kind of don't always kind of say you need to do this you need to do that we need to go and see a doctor and I didn't do any of those things that like my therapists were literally it was my sister I know lots of people might not have a, a sister and she is very <laughs> headstrong <laughs> and I think back then as well you didn't I think nowadays eating disorders are, are much more of a recognized mental illness mm. whereas back then they weren't really mm. so you I don't think I mean, I I was never told to go and see a therapist because I don't really think it was really available. We weren't aware of it. Mm. But also, yeah, my sister was just like, you're not doing this anymore. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Is she older than you? Yeah, she's yeah. older. Yeah, She's fabulous. Um, so what was I saying? Yes, so... So you the reinvention. The reinvention. Yeah. So this was quite a turning point for me because I had to basically do a huge 180. I was working in the office and it suddenly got really dull and I wasn't enjoying it at all and my boss left suddenly I don't know what happened I think got fired or something but he left and I was doing nothing this is now the year 2000 and a friend of mine who was at my agency as another model and also quit she was like I've heard of an agency that takes on girls that are a size UK 12 and up it's called plus size modeling plus size for 12 right <laughs> and I my first thought was well, that's weird. No, no, no. That yeah, because I, I was like, no, that's no, I can't possibly do that. And then the more I looked into it, I was like, well, maybe I can because actually, what I'm doing right now is really dull, and there must be more to life than sitting at a desk doing absolutely nothing. I, I remember like covering my whole hand in sellotape and then just drawing over my hand. I mean, that was my <laughs> life. So like, there's got to be more to life than this. And so I just contacted this agency, sent in a few pictures, and within I think a week. They're like, we want to take you on. We've already got a client interested and want to shoot you. And I was terrified because I thought I can't. You're stepping back into that. Yeah. That whole life. Yeah. Again. I was yeah. like, I can't go through what I went through again. But at the same time, I can't sit at my desk with sellotape on my hand all the time. <laughs> so we decided as a family that I would try it out for six months and see how it got on. And because I could be curvier and I could be, I didn't have to lose weight for anyone. I could be me. And my first job was with Marks and Spencers and it was lingerie and again it was a bit terrifying because mm. I was like I'm getting my clothes off in front of everyone and I knew that I was a little bit heavier but I looked great you know my body looked great and did I, you like your body at this point I did actually yes mm. I did yes I did did you have a boyfriend or I did have a boyfriend right? yes and he also liked my body so that's good <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just thinking back to the the scrawny 18 year old oh, 17 yeah. year old who really you know was being very destructive that's yeah that's quite the leap isn't it to be it's able to take your clothes off yes it was quite the underwear. leap definitely but also I think the team at when I shot Marks and Spencers were brilliant mm. and because I was arriving in the studio and everyone knew that I was I didn't have to be stick thin mm. um that I definitely felt much more kind of uh, celebrated and, and appreciated and acknowledged that I was there mm for that size whereas usually I turn up to a studio and people be like you're bigger than we thought you know 
You're not going to fit into the clothes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then call the agency and get out. So yeah, so it was nice to turn up to studios knowing that that wasn't going to happen. And so we did this shoot and it was great. And to cut a long story short, you know, I ended up doing what's now called curve modeling, which is a lot better than plus size modeling. Did that for, well, the best part of, I think, 15, 20 years. I had the best time. Shop for all sorts of brands all over the world, showing off my curves, representing women with curves. And it was very healing and very inspiring for not just me, but other women out there who wanted to see... People who look like themselves. People, yeah. Well, exceptionally beautiful versions of people. That, I mean, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but that, but that is, you know, such a, a positive uh, yeah. transition and a great story. But it, it hits another slight bump in the road because, yes. as a lot of people listening will also have experienced in their various careers, perhaps not quite as brutally as you did, when you started having a family, you found there were other other challenges yes. and fences to overcome. Yes. So when I announced to my agency that I was pregnant and I was 31, I was literally was just like, okay, see you later, you're done, bye-bye. Um, you know, don't come back. You're like, <laughs> yeah, that's one curb we weren't uh, going to sell you on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so again, that was another bump in the road, as you say, and something that I wasn't aware of. And But lots of people are like, oh, so fine, you can do maternity modelling, but... What a lot of people didn't know, and I did do a campaign on this, is a lot of um, maternity models aren't actually pregnant. They're wearing a fake bump. Mm. So I didn't actually do any maternity modelling. And then when they do that, of course, they don't have any extra weight on their legs, no, their arms, no. their, their just, back. No, they, look, they look they're perfect. Just, they're just perfect with yeah. the bump. Yeah. Which is why I, st- so I announced this on my Instagram, kind of saying, um, fun fact for you I mean that, this I'm, I'm jumping ahead a bit because that's with my third pregnancies but with my first one I wasn't on social media at all and so when my agency said you're done it was very daunting because I was bringing life onto the planet with no job and obviously my husband had a job but you know we were in a point where we were like well oh god like mm. what the hell are we going to do you so again back to wrapping sellotape around your hair well I mean I was back to it yeah <laughs> And um, so then I worked in an office again and that was actually at the agency that I'm at now. I just went there working as as an agent because I knew the industry and then had my second baby again, not on social media. And then I realized that it was going to be too difficult for me to go back full time in the office. You know, they weren't open to flexible working. This is obviously Mm. back before COVID when that wasn't really a thing. Mm. And by this point, my eldest son was at school, so the pickup was like 3.30 and it just became impossible to try and juggle everything. So I was just at home wondering what the hell I'm doing with my life and feeding my six-month-old son. And my agency emailed me saying, I don't know if you're ready for this or if, you, if you're still interested, but a, a modelling shoot has come in in Italy. Great photographer, great fashion stylist. Do you want to do it? Are you ready? And I looked at my son, who I was feeding, and I just said to him, oh, I guess Mama's still got it. <laughs> and then I swear, it was this light bulb moment where it just went ping above my head. And I was like, oh, that's quite catchy. Mama's still got it. And I stopped feeding my son, which he was very annoyed about. Because <laughs> you said, I've just created a brand, yeah, child. Yeah, I was like, it's happened. <laughs> Something's happened here. And I, I looked if the domain name was available. It was. Bought it immediately. And then suddenly got really excited that I was going to do something, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I knew I was going to do it. And I did. And I joined social media, which was terrifying, but I knew that I had to. Mm. Everyone was on social media and I knew that I wasn't getting work because I wasn't on social media. Got the domain name, Mama still got it, and kind of wanted to show that regardless of my age or my size or the fact that I've got children that I, I've i still got it. I still want to work. I still want to look good. I still want to feel good. I want to represent women that are the same age as me or older or younger that have children, that don't have children, that want to look good, feel good. And it started from there. And it's done, yeah, 
It's done it's, amazingly it's well. Yeah, it's done <laughs> brilliant. So we're, how many years we're going back now then from the so, very from spying the domain name? Uh, 2017. Because it really started to change for you in lockdown as well, didn't it? Yes. Because that's when you started doing, because all that positive kind of representation mm. uh, piece was fantastic and, mm. and people really kind of uh, got into that. But then you started becoming a comedy actress. Yeah, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> Honestly, I'll tell you what happened. So yeah, COVID hit and I think my content before was, you know, there was some comedy in there, but it was you, before... Yeah, because you were kind of debunking a little bit, yeah. weren't you? Those kind of mum mumfluencers yeah. who were perfect and everything's yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. And you were saying, look, it's not always perfect, no, of course, of course which we all not. know. Yeah, we all know, yeah. But I, so yeah, my page was never perfect. I did try and be that perfect Instagrammer. <laughs> And I was like, I can't, I, it's a lie. It's not me. I can't do this. And it was, I found that more hard work than, <laughs> and um, so COVID hit and I was really, like, I'm sure we all were, I was really anxious about it all. We didn't know what the hell was going on. It was quite scary, but it was scary. And I remember saying to my husband, cause he kept telling me about the news and all the, the numbers and what's happening all around the world. And I was like, babe, I can't listen to this. It's making me feel really anxious and I can't do it. And I wasn't sleeping at night and, then the schools closed. I had three kids at home. You know, where we were living at the, at the time was this small flat in Clapham. My husband was at home and it was like, this is, this is shit. <laughs> this is really hard. And I then discovered TikTok and I started scrolling through TikTok and I found myself really laughing because the, the content was, was so funny and it was so different from Instagram at the time that, you know, at the time Instagram didn't have reels. Mm. So then I, found myself laughing a lot and that really kind of soothed me and healed me and I thought well if this is helping me maybe I can do something and help other people so then I just continued doing funny content on really boring mundane motherhood and you had a character Bernie so Bernie came later yes so Bernie came in the second lockdown which was even worse Bernie's the little hands Bernie's the little hands yeah. yes and um I think Bernie's more popular than I am, but <laughs> whatever, it works. So during the second lockdown, so now it's January 2021, and this lockdown was, I think for all of us, even worse because it was cold. It was the second lockdown. Christmas had just been cancelled mm. and everyone was so over it. And I was at home working, which was impossible with three kids when you're trying to homeschool three kids and work. And my middle child came up to me, and I think at the time he must have been five, and he did the classic mummy watch mummy watch over and over and over and I'm watching him <laughs> nothing's happening and then he does this like <laughs> little jump and he's like ha ha and I'm like oh that's, that's awesome that's the 10 minutes I'm never going to get back today <laughs> but obviously it happens all the time and then I thought well that's quite funny maybe I can turn that into a video so I said oh can you do that again and I'll film you no like, fine and then I thought, well, how am I going to, I really want to do this again, but I want to make out that obviously there is a child involved. And then I remembered these hands that had been given to me when my third child was born. Randomly, my friend gave me, you know, a bottle of champagne and these plastic hands. What, an extra pair of hands with it? Exactly. Right, okay. <laughs> exactly. She was like, you've got three kids, here's an extra pair of hands. So I was she's like, She's kind of the co-founder then. I mean, you know, yeah. she is and she she's very aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I remembered that I had these hands, like kind of, that I'd thrown in like a drawer that everything's in that you never look at but you do need them so I picked the hands up and I shot shot this mummy watch video which I guess was my first Bernie video without realizing it and then I was like is this weird like are people gonna get this so I sent it to my mom who's a mother of three and a single mother and I thought if anyone's gonna get it she is she's like I don't get it your mom said that yeah she's like I don't get it I was like how can you not get it she was like, who are you supposed to be? And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, mum, don't worry about it. Forget it. It's like, obviously you've like blocked <laughs> That's out a bit how, yeah, it's like you've blocked out how difficult motherhood was for you. Yeah. So I sent it to my best mate who's got two kids and she was in the same situation that I was in. She was like, yeah, that's, I can relate to that. That's, that's funny. So I was like, fine. I was like, I'm going to post on Instagram. We'll see what happens. If it, if it doesn't do well, if people find it in any way insulting, I'll just delete it. No mm. problem. And it went mental. But then I get messages saying, can we have more little hands, please? I was like, oh, all right. It, 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 all of it is so accidental. It just happened so organically. I did a video with the little hands. And at the time I was wearing this pink hoodie, which I loved. And I was wearing a pair of glasses. I thought nothing of it. And so I did a video 
And again, because it was during COVID and lockdown, I wasn't really changing my clothes that often. <laughs> so I was wearing this pink hoodie all the time. And then it wasn't until someone, one of my followers messaged me saying, oh, I get so excited when I see the pink hoodie and the glasses and the hands. I was like, oh, right. So it's a uniform. It's now a uniform. I was like, thanks for that follower. Yeah. I will continue to do this then. It's it's just evolved in a way that now I have, I now sell my own pink hoodies. <laughs> Two kids. Um, so what do your kids think of little hands? They're, now they're getting a bit older. Do they realise the joke's on them? They do. I, they've been really helpful, actually. Like my, my two eldest eldest ones, they sometimes give me ideas. They give material. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the ideas are good and sometimes they're rubbish. But they, my eldest son, um, his friends follow me on TikTok. And I said to him, I was like, is that weird for you? And they're like, no, no, they think you're great. And I was like, oh, thank God for that. They're like, yeah, they think you're cool. And you're like, oh my God, am I cool? Oh, like, that's, that's so I'm in my 40s I mean, and I'm that cool is by, amazing. Yeah, preteen thinks I'm cool. Is, he, he's 11, 12. He's 11, 11 yeah. right. And, um, I wonder how much longer you've got. Being I know, I know. But I've actually given <laughs> I think it him, might last a long time. I, I'm hoping. He's because now in comedy charge. is the leveller, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I think everyone likes to laugh. And, yeah. But I must admit, my son, because now he's in the preteen phase, he did say, I said, I've got an idea for a video that all like preteens do. And it's like, you know, everything you say is answered with the, like a bra yeah. or a bro. And he's like, He's like, brah, you can't do that. And I'm like, you just did it. <laughs> and he's like, no, mum, you can't do that. And I was like, okay. I did it anyway. Um, and Yeah, this will be this will be the territory now where yeah. you're going to have to negotiate yeah. on um, whether or not he's he thinks it's... Because yeah. you're, you're getting quite close to the yeah. bone. And yeah. of course, as he heads into puberty and his emotions and his, uh, his hormones are kind of like changing, it's whether or not yeah. he then... So, yeah, so good luck yeah, on I that know. one. It might, Bernie yeah. might have yeah. to kind of I really... Know come into their own no, a bit he, more. He but. did like the video, to be fair, and his friends liked it, so that's good. That's what, you've got to keep appealing to his friends. Yes. As long as his that's friends are on the side. Mates. If his mates yeah. think I'm cool, then it's yeah. fine. Then he'll be happy to yeah. sanction anything, I'm yes, pretty sure. Exactly. So you are a really great example of somebody who has recreated, reinvented, re oh. reimagined, you know, kind of what you can do and how you can do it and, and with great kind of natural entrepreneurialism almost along oh. the way. And also, I think the really empowering and inspiring thing about your story is to be able to change the direction of travel from that teen who was you know in the grip of an eating disorder mm. and obviously that could have gone in many different directions mm. and to have such a positive healthy body image now but you as we mentioned there have got kids who are heading into their teens what you see on on the platforms that you broadcast now on Instagram and on TikTok, you know, it's so different to when we were young women dealing with all those things and mm. young teenagers. And it's it's not all positive, is it? No. Obviously, you must now kind of look at that and think when you've got a daughter, a young daughter coming up, that mm. that is a it's a scary landscape. It's yeah, there are some parts of being on social media when you're younger, which I find terrifying. I don't know if you saw the other day I put on my Instagram something because I was on the train. Yeah, the conversation that you... Yeah, and there was a group of like, I, I want to say they're 15, maybe they were younger because I think girls now look so much older than their years. Mm. You know, they're wearing so much makeup and lashes mm. and how much money or the beauty products that they use mm. on their skin, mm. which they don't need. No. And it's it's all because they're watching these influencers online. But yes, this group of girls on the train were talking about what apps they're using to distort their body, to make their bodies thinner or their boobs bigger or their bum bigger or smaller. And it made me so angry and really worried. And I, I couldn't help, like literally, I was like this out of body moment. I just like stood up and I like, went over to these, to these girls on the train. I was like, guys, you don't need that. You know, I really hope that they listened because, you know, as a group of girls, they were just like, looking me up and down, you know, <laughs> chewing gum, being like, well, what the, you know, what do you know? Did they ask you any questions back? No, they didn't no. say anything. They didn't say anything. I, ju I just said, you don't you don't need apps. Your body's perfect the way it is. Look after it. It's precious. And then I realised, <laughs> OK, Louise, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and yeah, but sometimes I think you can't help yourself. I couldn't help myself. Because... I could not believe the conversation because these are the conversations that you and I did not have mm. back then. What app are we going to use to make our body look different? Mm. I mean, it's crazy even thinking about it. And it really, it really does anger me because you get fed ads on TikTok for these apps mm. that are targeted for these vulnerable girls that are getting influenced. They're literally fed them. Use this app. And the apps are all called really something, you know, sexy, like sexy body or better body. And you're like, 
how is this even allowed? Mm. It scares the life out of me. And my niece, who's 10, I've seen her start to kind of look at her face in apps. And when and when there's certain filters mm. make your lips bigger mm. and your eyes bigger and your, your cheekbones more chiseled and all these things. And she's 10 and she's... She's screen grabbing it and then putting it as her her screensaver on her phone. And I'm like, no, yeah. like, I, I can't bear it. And But it's happening. And I did say on my Instagram, and I really feel passionate about this, that I would love to go around schools and just talk to the to the kids and just kind of give them, I don't know, like a pep talk or an inspirational talk about, about this. Mm. Because everyone's going to have a phone. Everyone's going to be scrolling. Everyone's going to be in competition with each other, especially girls. I really feel like girls are have this need to kind of keep up with everyone else and be like these influencers they see. But you have to remember that these influencers, you know, it's their job and they're doing it all day, every day. And they've got the lighting and they've got everything in place and they probably are using these filters. I don't know. I just, it just really scares me. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our expert today, I'm delighted to say, there she is, is Charlotte Green. Hello, um, hello Charlotte, who hi, hi. Um, hi, doesn't just get thrown together this, Louise, you see, because <laughs> Charlotte is a stylist, uh, a stylist of some uh, repute and also experience. Many, many years in the industry working in magazines and with brands and private clients. I declare an interest. Charlotte and I have worked together for about what, 20 years, Charlotte, would you say? Yeah, I'd say 20. Yeah, long time. You're going to go still for 19 using then, one of the you? same <laughs> skirts that we bought 20 years ago. We're still reusing. <laughs> uh, we reuse a lot. Um, and Charlotte is similar age. Actually, she's she's just about to enter her 50th year. So very much in the midlife. So as well as uh, the, the experience with styling, I think you, you kind of know as well, Charlotte, don't you, the different challenges a lot of your clients have when they're almost, it's the over 40s, I think, isn't it? It's that change from the 30s to the 40s that seems to throw people into a bit of a, a different headspace. Should I dress differently? What should I be looking out for? And, you know, why should I want to wear a different length skirt? But I feel like I should. You know, there's all those those kind of things that happen. Our bodies change, but they're, they're not necessarily a different size, but they're just a different formation. <laughs> and I think it's those midlife challenges that sometimes throw women. So what have you noticed the kind of the worries are for people that you dress over the age of 40? I've been going to a lot of women lately in this midpoint, and it's like they're invisible. They don't want kind of too much attention. They've still got suits from when they had their first job they can't kind of see the wood for the trees. And I've been going to a lot of kind of wardrobe edits and trying on what they've got. And uh, not because of my brilliance, just because I've helped them. They've they've just kind of finished the day feeling like they're a new woman and not necessarily going out buying lots of new clothes, but just looking at things in a different way. And I always start the day with get good underwear. You know, at this age, everything starts to shift and a good bra can, you know, really sculpt, lift, change that whole silhouette. So that's usually where we start on the day. And so these poor ladies are kind of stripped down to their underwear. Um, But a good foundation (laughs) is always where we start. And then we take it from there, really. And then when you're you're looking at people's wardrobes, uh, and often there's a kind of a clash of styles. You you look at people's wardrobes, and there'll be all kinds of periods of their life coming together because they're a bit scared to throw stuff out. And that's psychological as well, I think, for a lot of people, isn't it? With their wardrobes, they kind of think, "Well, I'll hang on to that because one day I will fit into that again," or "I'll hang on to that because I, I think I had a great time in it, and maybe I'll have a great time again." And um, you're quite ruthless. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm, I'm extremely quite... ruthless. Some women just look terrified. You know, they're in their underwear and then I'm suddenly throwing out all their precious dresses. Put stuff away for the children, grandchildren, whoever you want to give it away to. But also there's some, there's some items in there that you just, maybe they need a little nip or a tuck or change the silhouette or pair it with something different. Or is there a print you love the color combo, but it's too scary? You know, maybe put the camel and the yellow together in a different way. So usually we, do, we always keep stuff. Don't worry, I'm not getting rid of everything. But they do seem to lose their identity. And we also talk a lot on the day about what their life involves, whether they are going to the office, whether they're doing the school run, because I think the kind of function of the clothes is so important. Not only I, for me, that definitely has to be comfortable, but I also think it's a form of armour, whether, you know, you're going to put that blazer on and go and tackle a big business meeting or tackle a parent's evening. I think it's, for me, it's, it represents who you are and it is that armour to go and kind of face the day. The confidence that you see these women when they try on a pleated skirt and maybe do a little half tuck, which they haven't, you know, they just don't sometimes know how to wear things. And it's just, you know, even if you don't have me around for the day, I think, you know, if you can put a few hours aside to try on your clothes again and do a few different things, I think you'd be amazed at what you'd come up with. I really do. You look at things in a different way. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not, not everybody's going to be able to have a day with you. And I think it's really important to try those clothes on and then take a few pictures as well, because Definitely take what pictures. you see isn't necess- in the mirror isn't necessarily what the whole outfit looks like. And then no. you just feel more confident knowing that those things work. So you haven't got to try on 16 different items on a Monday morning. No, who's got time for that? that fit. You want to have a few, <laughs> I always call them a few bankers, whether you have a little silk dress that you know is just going to look right. You can dress it up with an earring or with a shoe. I always say get your staples sorted and then get a few showstoppers. And in that, I mean accessories, like a brilliant shoe. It's a bit of a full stop for an outfit, a great clutch. So you're not spending a fortune, but you can you get your staples right and then you can just add in those showstoppers. And, and then your clothes are quite versatile, so you can go from day to night and they work quite hard for you. Because, no, you know, no one's got lots to spend on clothes nowadays. No. And and time as well, I think. And knowing you can throw something together quite quickly and feel good in it all day. Um, what do you think the main kind of confidence crisis when it comes to the midlife is in terms of, well, for personally, you know, I found myself knowing that that length wasn't right on me, you know, for, say, a skirt mm. and, yes. and feeling like, well, actually, well, that's not quite right. And I, I don't want to say that you should never wear a skirt that short when no. you get beyond a certain age, but there was just something about length and I can't quite, and maybe it's having a teenage daughter and knowing that she would be in that length yeah, skirt and I don't yes, want to be. maybe. But also when you're having those trying on sessions, if you, you know, usually maybe by this age, you know what you like, what you don't like, what works for you. But I think you've got to kind of get comfortable with your body, whatever that body is, whether you're an hourglass and you pop that belt on to accentuate the waist or you're a little bit of a pear shape. You know, I like to keep a lot of tension up, good necklace, a pillow neck, you know, kind of balance out your body. So if you can get to know your body, then I think you can help it with what what you put on it. And I always think you have a few key bits in your wardrobe to get you through certain events that are always going to pop up. But I don't think you need lots. I don't think you need lots. I think emotionally we hang on to things. So I'm very good at repurposing or giving to charity. And then you have this capsule wardrobe that's not a uniform. It works for you and it shows what you're about. But it's just a lot less time spent trying things on. You know you're going to go to that and it's going to work. I've got a time frame. I've got a year I have in my wardrobe. Some people have six months. If you haven't worn an item for a certain period of time. And, and really? So I had um, oh, I God. wore this lovely wool dress for dinner pre-Christmas to a friend's for dinner. And she said, oh, I haven't seen that for a while. I said, you know, it was going to have to get thrown out if I hadn't worn it tonight because it was it was on the <gasps> so cusp of a year. It had to just, have an outing. Was, <laughs> not, not, not really expensive things, not really like black tie dresses, yeah, things yeah. like that. But, you know, day-to-day things. I think if I haven't worn you for over a year, am I ever going to wear you again? And it has to be really special special to keep do you know what I mean oh. like otherwise it's kind of taking up space I that I kind of feel you know it needs to needs to, and when I say move on it could move on to one of the kids mm. <laughs> well I bet well, it's not hardly likely to be Reuben but um <laughs> yeah only because he's six foot six not because he doesn't want to wear my clothes yeah but um <laughs> He'll kill me for that. Um, but, you know, it might be something to Lois or my mum. I've got lots of cousins. So, you know, yeah. move, things move around the family. Move I around. love it when something comes back as well. So I don't, I don't when I say move on, they're not always moved out to yeah. a charity shop. I've still got a top from Cook Eye. 
probably should cook get rid of that. I remember cook cook eye. Eye. Yeah. yeah. But do you still wear it, Louise? No. <laughs> no. You might have to relook at the cook eye top. <laughs> it's completely sheer. Do you remember that sheer cook eye? Thing? Yes. So you yes. like wearing your bright spray lighting too. Yeah. I, but you know what? It'll come around again for your daughter. I don't so. know if I want to wearing it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> totally inappropriate. So, Charlotte, you've had a bit of a think for us about kind of your top tips for, for the midlife woman who is wanting to have a little evaluation of the wardrobe, maybe some staples that should be in there, maybe some, you know, key things that, that they should take away from our chat. Now, I've, I've kind of mentioned a few, but get your underwear right, get in that wardrobe, know your shape, and then work on those staples and those showstoppers. So it just is and all what are the staples for you? What should every woman? Oh, I guess a jean. A, a pair of my husband goes mad when I say a jean. A pair of jeans, and you know, I know you've got to do a bit of a try on on, on jeans. Not every shape suits everyone, but usually, you know, a dark, slim fitting leg, dark denim jean is going to take you from day to night. And it's going to do the job. I'd say a blazer that you can dress up for the office or you can wear with your jeans to a brunch. A cashmere that you can find in a vintage store. It doesn't have to be high end. Well, Uniqlo you do great cashmere, don't they? Yeah, there are lots absolutely. of places that Marks and Spencer's every year produces. Yeah. yeah, but I always think that looks quite luxurious. You know, again, with, with jeans, a pleated skirt, cashmere cardigan over a silk dress, belted. So there's so many ways you can do it. I think you need a good heel, a good flat a trainer and a boot, if that was for footwear. And they're, they're the staples. Yes, I would say. And I know everyone says, oh, you shouldn't wear leopard print when you're older, but I love a little bit of leopard print. I think it's gorgeous in and just, you know, and also I think you need to show your personality. I don't want to kind of give you the key staples and everyone's in the same uniform. You do need to add those bits to show your personality and what you're comfortable in. Yeah, and I think that's, you always laugh at me when I say, but it's not comfortable. Um, she used to, especially when I was in <laughs> in my 30s, she, I'd be like, this isn't comfortable. I've, I've got to stand up and present in this for six hours. She, I don't care if it's not comfortable. It looks No, amazing, you look great. So, yeah. <laughs> I've changed now. I've got older. I realise comfort is key. So that's all right. But you also, you wrote something, I think, on your Instagram account, Charlotte, recently about the fact that you're about mm. to walk out the door. Charlotte's got four kids and two daughters who are teenagers. And I think you yeah. and Matilda had the same pair of Adidas tracks yes bottoms on and you had a moment where you thought oh god we're wearing the same but then you looked at the way you both styled it so differently and I and I have that totally as well different with, sometimes with Lois like I'm wearing Adidas Sambas which I inherited by accident because her boyfriend and I both bought her some at Christmas so I inherited a pair but we wear them so differently like you know she would wear them with a short skirt I would never would so how did how would you and Matilda different in your tracksuit bottoms Matilda had a trainer and I think I had a loaf from with mine with some gray socks and a gray cashmere Matilda looked a lot cooler, but I didn't feel out of place. I didn't, maybe other, everyone else thought I looked out of place, but I didn't feel out of place. I felt comfortable. I was ready to go with four children to the school run. And I, I do think style, I, I, I don't believe it's what you wear, it's how you wear it. So I do think style is ageless. I don't think we should get to a certain age and think, well, we shouldn't do that. We should cut our hair short. I think, you know, you've just got to be comfortable in who you are. That I don't think you should compromise. Yeah, I think in terms of like, you know, you said it's not a uniform, but actually I think it's it's comforting to know this is this is the outfit kind of selection that I'm going to be doing the school run in. Do you know what I mean? Like, are these the things yes. I like to wear in the morning or these are the things that, you know, are kind of take, take me through weekend breakfasts and dinners and things. And actually it might not be a uniform, but you kind of feel confident knowing that they're but there. It's going to do the job. It's going to work hard for you. And, you know, you and also I think you've just got to kind of, Check yourself in the mirror and then about forget about what you're wearing. Like my mum's a classic example of this. She is 76 and she has stuck to the same style for so long that she's kind of scared to get out of her comfort zone of like what she thinks suits her. And whenever she comes to my house, like guaranteed nearly every time, I'm like, take it off, try this on. And she's like, oh, I can't possibly <laughs> wear that. It's too young or it's, I know that it won't fit me or suit me. And I'm like, just put it on. And Honestly, it's like, you know, that scene out of Cinderella where she transforms yes. into the dress and I can see it in her eyes and her face. And she's like, oh my God, this does look really good. She's like, I would never have thought this looked good on me. I'm like, because you yeah. need to get out of the routine of thinking that that won't look good or that won't look good because you haven't tried it. And so she went to a New Year's Eve party, just gone. And she was like, I've got nothing to wear. What should I wear? So I came around with like loads of glitter and sequin tops and stuff. She's like, I can't wear that, Louise. I'm 76 years old. And I was like, just try it on. And she ended up wearing a silver sequined jumpsuit. Wow. And she looked insane and she felt insane. And you could oh, see really? it, like her confidence just went through yeah, the roof. And 
I just grew and you could see it. Mm. It was it was electric. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, like you yeah. said, showstoppers earlier on, Charlotte. But you also said like, well, like a lot of women in this period kind of almost want to disappear into the background. Mm. And and actually, you know, I always it makes me feel joyous when I see somebody walk in with something like that because they do look so happy and they light up the room, don't they? And they have that confidence. Yeah, we need as to well celebrate that almost. Well, both things happen. The, the, the outfit gives them confidence. You know, they they then kind of grow into into that. And I think it's it's really important to not feel that you have to be the kind of you know the fade away in the background. No, I think I think we've got you know. Oh, my mum always used to say, oh, when you know, quite conscious when you're a teenager. And I remember I was going, I think I was going to a ball. I probably did look awful. And then my mum said, well, who do you think is going to be looking at you? And she wasn't being mean. She was just like, <laughs> get your clothes on, look in the mirror and off you go and enjoy yourself. And I think that's what we've got to do, really. Get your armour on and then just go out not and worried. enjoy life. Not, be so not worried worry and be conscious yeah. of what, what you're wearing. Because yeah. actually, you know, it's not really about that in the big scheme of things. No, but it's you feeling good is important but not, and not being yeah. kind of, you know, paranoid that you're... I feel the same when people put on a bikini and like worried about stepping out onto the beach. Like I kind of feel like no one's actually looking at you. We're so worried about how we look and how we feel but actually no one else, everyone else is so caught up in how they look that no one's actually looking yeah. at anyone else <laughs> no. So, no you're yeah, absolutely right <laughs> off you go there's a, there's a naked man walking no, nobody's <laughs> yeah, noticed no, them no, no, nobody's no. noticed <laughs> actually a naked man did walk past me once in Ibiza and it was horrendous that's very that's not uh, a podcast cruel <laughs> um, <laughs> well I spent a bit of time in Brazil during the Football World Cup and near Copacabana Beach and wow there are some yeah, no I one worries you, people there. Do look there. Nobody, nobody <laughs> worries there. It doesn't matter what age you are there. A no, thong, but... you're never too old for a thong on wow. Copacabana Beach. No. I, I can tell you. I can see from my hotel room. I mean, it was it was extraordinary. And in the end, I kind of started thinking, well, who's the one that's an idiot for thinking that this is not possible? Me. You're like, God, mm. these guys are all happy. They're all having a great time. Yeah, so, okay. you know, why not? So, yeah, you've at 70 years old. I'm going to get my first thong for do the it. beach. Yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> And brands, Charlotte, um, on the high street. Do you think the brands now are, are catering better? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think they, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day about someone who had a brand and they were saying function is so important. These women are busy and they are going from day to night. You know, they, they need the versatility in the clothes. And I think, yeah, I think it is catering. And I was, I was styling for a big brand the other day and... You know, it was a bit like me and my daughter, the, the young in-house fashion um, stylist said, oh, I love that top. And I was thinking, I love that top too. And I know we would have worn it different ways, but I, I, I do think these brands are catering. And I, and I do think, you know, they're using older models, they're using curvier models. And I think that's great. You know, I, I definitely, I, I've seen that shift. I've seen that shift. Louise Boyce, you wouldn't be upset if Louise Boyce turned up on a shoot, would I'd you? Be You'd be thrilled. delighted. I don't think she needs my help, but yeah, I'd be absolutely thrilled. Um, let's do one, it. One last thing. I think, let's do it. I love a shoulder pad. I think as we get older, and I don't have great posture, um, our shoulders start to slope. I love framing, framing. Look after yourself. You know, good fabric as well. A heavier fabric always, always helps as we get a little older, I always think. Yeah, I think sh shoulders and then you can nip in the waist, you know, belt a jacket totally. or something. It just gives you that kind of um, structure, doesn't yeah. it? Which is, is really good. And I'm always thinking about because of telly, things like that, because fashions don't always translate yeah. on television in the same way. So yeah. those things. In fact, just last night I was sending... I was sending Charlotte yes. videos of three different coats and how they would work sitting on bar stools. Yeah. Um, I was trying to get Kenny to <laughs> and video And I was them. saying, I don't think that's going to translate. <laughs> no, it's not going to translate. Kenny did a time. very good job. Um, he's not, he's yeah. not enjoying his job as a videographer. Charlotte, no. thank you so much uh, for all thank your you tips. Thank you for having and me. And if there was one brand of jean at the moment, you think that, um, that, that the midlife, because jeans, I think, are really important. Who do you think is getting it uh, right? I, I think I love me and M. I think they're getting it right. Bowden they, do I such a range of jeans as well that, okay yeah. something there for everyone Bowden and me and M okay there are other brands obviously but um obviously yes absolutely um, <laughs> yeah no I totally agree me and M's my go-to at the moment actually because yeah. it's also no, they do a woman. Good job. yeah which makes a difference yes. doesn't it yeah thanks Charlotte lovely, lovely to, see to see you, you Charlotte. bye bye, bye. Do you still enjoy clothes? Because when it's been your life to wear other people's and make them look good, um, it could yes be a bit of a no. So I 
if I go shopping, which I, to be fair, I, I barely go actual physical shopping. The idea of trying clothes on in a shop makes me feel physically sick because I try clothes on all the time like in my job. Mm. So I never go into a shop and try anything on. I will probably just buy it off the rack, hope for the best or buy it online and then send it back. But obviously I love clothes. I love them. But I do. It's interesting talking to Charlotte because I do find myself sometimes getting into this point where I'll just chuck anything on, especially when it's like the school run. And then I find myself kind of staying it. And then you kind of catch yourself in the mirror and think, yeah, that's not a great look. actually. <laughs> and I also do think if I make a conscious effort in the morning to like look better, like you, your outfit is amazing. Like if I put that on, I know that I would have a better day. Mm. Whereas if I was just staying in like tracksuit bottoms and stuff, I know that it's on my, it's power dressing, isn't mm. it? I know that I would feel more confident and powerful if I dressed the part. Mm. And obviously I do want to go to meetings and stuff like that. And I love finding new outfits and styles that suit me um, because I don't want to stick to what I've been wearing, you know, forever yeah Yeah. i think that's why the the idea of how you have your staples and then Mm. you can bring stuff in that is fun and different yeah and and you're not and you've got the basics kind of there and then you kind of layer on that i think is a really really good advice and the other thing which charlotte didn't mention there which i found really useful just if you're really busy i kind of and and i I know david beckham did this to to an absolute kind of you know ridiculous degree in in the documentary about the beckhams but i do i do plan for the week do you yeah Oh my so god! And um, sometimes really? it's more. Maybe I'll of, try that. So I just go if I know I've got two or three things that are quite yeah. big things. I think right, okay. So I'm not then worrying. Oh, they're at the dry cleaners, or that needs turning yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that had a stain on it. Yeah, you know. So I just even if I just get them all out and hang them up and know mentally, well, they work. Yeah, and that's I fine. Try that. Um, so it kind that kind of works for me. And and it also if I'm going to work out first thing, putting my workout gear makes me commit to that. Oh so, no, that definitely makes yeah, me commit. Yeah. If it's all there already, then I will put it on and I will go. But if it's not, and I wait up at like six and I think I'll go to the gym and it's dark and I'm like no clothes aren't ready I'm going back to bed <laughs> clothes so, aren't yeah. ready all I've got to do is actually open that drawer yeah. but it's a psychological yeah, thing exactly. yeah the planning I, I think see them, is so really important yeah <laughs> uh, so Louise the I'm sure because of the success of Bernie and all of the videos you must have had lots of interest from other areas that you probably never thought you would venture into um the book obviously the book is, yeah is so exactly like it's um I never thought if you'd said to me what three years ago four years ago you're going to be known on Instagram for little hands called Bernie and you're going to have a book and all this. Stuff. I would be like, no, you're out of your mind. Come on, this is crazy. But it's incredible what what could happen. No one knows what's going to happen in life. And that's the joy of life. You never know what's around the corner. But you said yes to things. As I well. say yes to things. Mm. Um, and also, I think I really stepped out of my comfort zone doing things like Bernie and being funny. Like I, I'm if you'd asked my friends and family if I was the funny one, they would say no. Really? Yeah, I don't know where it came from. I don't know. <laughs> Does is there a pressure now to to deliver when you're when you're with people? Well, Do you feel like they're expecting you to be a gag a minute. Well, virtually? yeah, and like <laughs> I um like when I'm at home and I'm filming just me behind with my camera, you know, I don't give a crap. So I like I you know I, I there's nothing holding me back. I know that I can edit it or delete it. It's up to me. But I did this um, chat show a live chat show. Now I think it must be 400, 500 people in the audience. And the way that the presenter at, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Perimenopause kicking in. Announce me? Introduce me. There you go. There it is. <laughs> the way she introduced me, um, very nice, but she was like, she's hilarious <laughs> and like so funny, funniest woman I've ever met. And so I'm in the wings going, oh God, I now have to make everyone laugh. <laughs> like pressure's on. And so, I, you know, you sit down in the chair and I, like the nerves and then I couldn't think of anything, couldn't think of my own name. But luckily I did make them all laugh. So that was good. And as soon as you get that first laugh, you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I don't know how stand up comedians do it. Well, then she's she's in two, two things. There. She's told the audience you're funny and you've got to then deliver. But also once you are funny, the audience are happy to be laughing with you. So yes. that's good because yes. it kind of sets them up as well. Yes. To, to go because yeah. they weren't paying for a comedian. They were, no, they were look, no. looking forward to hearing from you. So so she actually probably did you a favour there because you delivered and then yeah. they went with you yeah, um, was... and now you know you can do that another another scary moment that yeah, you've yeah. kind of stepped through but I really like stepping out of my comfort zone I think it's really healthy to do that and to mm. kind of see what you're capable of even more in midlife keep pushing yeah like I've started I used to do um I used to drum before I had kids I saw this yeah and I was just like do you know what I really enjoyed that and I stopped drumming when I was pregnant because I thought it might affect the baby like an idiot <laughs> um <laughs> 
And I just thought, you know what? I really enjoyed that. So I started drumming again and I, I could literally feel a sense of myself coming back. Like I found that part of that identity. I found it again and I loved it. And I, Do you drum at home? No, but I think I need to get a drum kit, but one that is, you can get these ones Silences. now that's like, yeah, yeah. like an electric one, you can plug headphones in. Um, I think I'm going to get one at home because it's great for stress mm. and I genuinely love it. Mm. And I think I'm going to play it. Our... It must be good for the brain as well, all that yeah. left, right stuff. and Exactly. Thinking, you know, I, feel, I feel like it's, it's helping my memory. Mm. And like, so the, the teacher yesterday was teaching me all these kind of like, these different things that you can do. And the beginning of the lesson, I was like, I can't get my head, my feet and my hands aren't working mm. together. I can't do it. By the end of the lesson, I was doing it. And I was wow. like, this is great. And I think it is helping. My... It's really tough. Yeah. yeah I mean, we, um, do you know Owen Wynne Evans, the weatherman who did the thing? Yes. yes. So I did Freeze the Fear with him. He was one of the people on the show. There were eight of us living in this tent in Northern Italy for three weeks. And um, as a treat, because we had no TV, no mirrors, no phones, wow. no, uh, no, we had to entertain ourselves at wow. night when we finished doing our challenges. The producers gave us all a set of of, um, drumsticks because Owen was going to teach us on a table. We literally just had a table and I I just, they took the mickey out of me because apparently I was very elaborate in my drumming but I just loved it because it, it's such a uh, cerebral challenge yes. isn't it? And, um, yeah. and so you go for lessons. Yeah, no I do. Oh. There's a guy who doesn't live far from me. He's got, got this great studio all set up and I go before school pickup, Amazing. which is great. It's great. So I literally arrive at the school gates and I'm like, right, let's go. You know, and then you go, we'd say yesterday I went to swimming lessons. I hate swimming lessons. Um, but I think because I got rid of all of this kind of like pent up. Yeah, you love the swimming whatever, lessons yesterday. I was like, Let's Do they go. make you, because the school Ruben and Lois used to go to when we lived in London, they used to make a parent get in the pool. I was in the pool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because I had twins in the same class, I seem to be in that pool a lot. So um, that wasn't the best. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. I've actually, that's one of my next videos that I'm planning on doing is like uh, taking Bernie swimming. Because it is, actually, this is really funny. Sorry, this is going back to my mum and her, like, not really knowing fashion and stuff. So she went, to, she came swimming the other day to watch. And uh, she forgot that swimming pools are a really hot place. So she turned up wearing cashmere <laughs> and she was so hot. She was just sweating, just watching, because you're obviously high up as well. Yeah. Uh, she ended up going to like the, the swimming gift shop and, and having buy to buy a t-shirt <laughs> with a local child. swim club. Yeah. She was like, Louise, it was so hot. I was like, what? Of course it's hot. What it's are you swimming baths. Why are you wearing cashmere? <laughs> oh, dear. Me. That's very funny. Um, Louise, I could I could chat a lot longer with you, but oh, unfortunately our time, our time is Aww. up. Um, thank you so much for being so honest and telling your story with, you know, such candour. And I think that will really uh, resonate with a lot of people. But also congratulations on, on getting through so many of those different challenges and coming oh, out with you. such positivity. I haven't even had time to ask you about your lovely husband and what and what he makes of your oh, don't worry about newfound him. fame because he, <laughs> he seems to be a kind of, he's kind of part of the act in a yeah. way, but uh, he's never been thrust centre stage. No, he? he's very supportive. In fact, it was, well, his idea for me to start something online as well. Like when I was in this depth of like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. He was like, you should do something online. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And then, as I said, when I was feeding and I was like, Mama still got it. I was like, okay, that's the name. I'm going to go with it. just went, yes. Yeah, and he's he's designed all my logos. And he, I must admit, he's very supportive. And obviously when I do my my videos, when I'm completely mocking him, <laughs> I do show him first before I put it live. <laughs> just to make sure that, you know, it's okay. And he's always like, oh yeah, that's really funny. He's like, yeah, I do do that. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're aware of it, then change it. <laughs> um, Millions of people have seen you do it yeah. now on my, on my Instagram again. Yeah, but in the book, he does get a chapter of his own as like his right of reply. Okay. Which is quite funny, actually. So he's written things that I do that drives him crazy, which, to be fair, I wasn't even aware of. Um, so it's quite interesting. Oh, and are you yeah. taking those on board? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take them on board when he takes his ones on board. <laughs> A relationship expert might say. <laughs> yeah, I know, probably, yeah. I mean, maybe I have, but I wouldn't let him know that. What I... is the most annoying thing to him that you do? Um, I never put petrol in the car. I never put my many cardboard boxes properly in the bin. I apparently don't tidy up after I've cooked. He's probably right, actually. Yeah, but that in our house, that's the deal. I yeah. do the cooking and they tidy up. Yeah. So, but apparently I'm too messy when I cook. Yeah, yeah. apparently I am as well. Mm. I say it's artistry. Um, uh, it is artistry. I don't blow out all the candles that I put on in the <laughs> evening. 
Uh, yeah, there's a few. I yeah, I'm these, sure there's these, more, but... none, none of these I think are deal breakers. I think they're we can not. work through them all. They're not. Thank you so much, Louise. It's been a pleasure. Your time Thank and, you. Uh, and your grace and best of luck with everything going Thank forward. You. I think it's, it's just going to go from strength to strength. Well, good old Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Huge thanks to Louise for sharing what it's like to become an Instagram star at the midpoint and on a serious note to show that reinvention is possible at any age. And if you're tired of picture-perfect influencers, do follow Louise for a good laugh and a refreshing take on the realities of being a parent. You can also pre-order her book, Mama Still Got It. And for more tips and beautiful styling, follow Charlotte on at green.edit underscore. If this episode made you laugh, please leave a five-star rating. Or if you're a regular midpointer, I'd love to read your review of the podcast. This episode was produced by Spiritland Creative, and I'll be back next week. I hope you can join me then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.